Hello, everyone, and welcome to RC Plane Lab. I'm Ron. I'm Tom. As you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube by our uh, menagerie, I guess, of... <laughs> Man- of that's a good word for it, actually. <laughs> of stuff sitting out on the on the desk. We are talking about landing gear today. Um, from the floats that Tom has from a an old... What do you say? It was an old cub? Piper cub. Mm-hmm. Old Piper cub that uh, apparently he has no more, but the floats are here, so I don't know what happened to it. Well, I sold the airplane on landing gear a long time ago. So Sold it, of course. Yeah. He didn't crash it, I'm sure. No, I never crashed that one. That one. I've crashed plenty, but not that one. Um, to a, a small pair of landing gear that I have out here from a, a small plane that uh, – actually, I don't even know what that one's from. Uh, Probably small foamy. Ones. Probably. All the way up to the, the landing gear off my, my big yak. Um, and Which a whole bunch pretty of much different... dominates the table we have here. It well, it's is... made to look a lot smaller with your your uh, floats out here, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Had to balance it out. <laughs> all yellow, by the way. I just noticed that. Oh, it is all yellow. And they're not all cubs. No, that's kind so, of... Hmm. Anyway. Popular um, color. Landing gear is what we're going to be talking about today. Yep. But before we get into that couple housekeeping items I want to talk about. First off, there's a new mm-hmm. survey out. If you haven't filled that out yet, please go fill it out. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, uh, like I always say, help us help you. Um, filling out those surveys is a surefire way to get uh, us talking about what you want to listen to. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, anything else you want to say on the survey? Uh, no, just uh, fill them out. And like I said, I, I appreciate the input, good or bad. If you've got uh, constructive criticism, we certainly take that in stride and try to incorporate that into the show. And then the next thing we want to talk about, um, this might not be as popular. However, <laughs> we are taking a break. Yep. Um, there will be no new episodes released in May. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of to give us some time to get caught up on some things that we've been wanting to do around the house. It's nice out. We want to go fly. Yeah. We're taking Um, a vacation. I mean, everybody's entitled to a vacation from their job usually. So uh, we're going to take the month of May off um, and uh, not uh, provide any content. We may uh, take a random opportunity to put some stuff on the YouTube channel like how-tos. We may continue that sort of thing or hopefully some flight videos. We're going to hopefully do some flight if weather if yeah. weather works, I agree. So windy here. Like I wanted to fly today, but <laughs> you're already nowhere to go. Well, yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then also coming in June, we're going to start doing a, a release every two weeks mm-hmm. as opposed to weekly. Um, once again, there, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into doing this. Uh, that goes into editing. That goes into preparing. That goes into figuring out what to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we want to go fly and have some fun. Yeah. So we're not going anywhere. We're no, just no, no. going to take some time off. Yeah, we we're not will quitting. be back. No, oh. we're not quitting at all. We we definitely – I know I, I have a lot of fun with this, and Ron does too, even mm-hmm. though he puts in a lot of hours with the editing. Um, but, yeah, we're going to take some time off uh, and then spread out the episodes starting in June uh, to every other week so that we can we can fly and hopefully come up with more content to give you guys. And then and build some stuff. Yeah, and then and when the flying season is uh, is past us and we pick back up in the fall with our weekly, uh, w- weekly schedule. Yeah, so once it gets darker earlier um, and we start to have less time to go outside and do things and, you know – Less stuff to do because it's summer. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll get back to our Cutting weekly grass. weekly release. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's the big news, anyway. Yeah, I hope everybody's okay with that. If not, well, you will be because we'll be back and, <laughs> and it'll be just okay. Yeah. 
So yeah. this will allow us to to catch up on some projects, and hopefully we'll get to start uh, some other projects that we had planned. So, um, and for that we need time, and unfortunately the time that it takes to edit these episodes is great, uh, which doesn't leave a lot of extra time to start some of these other projects. So yeah, that's the big news. But today, today we're going to talk about landing gear. Let's get started, Tom. All right. Hey, listen not not all land uh, not all airplanes have landing gear. Um, but they should. Well, I mean, it's a lot more fun to take off, I think, to take an airplane off of the runway yeah. than throw it in the air. I agree. Um, and it's, it's I don't want to say an essential skill, but it's so important to know how to taxi, to know how to do all that kind of stuff. Because let's, let's be honest, most of the bigger airplanes, most of the uh, scale-type airplanes, anything really once you get out of foamies are going to have landing gear. Yeah. So it's, it's a good idea to know how to fly off of landing gear. Yeah. Um, and so if so equipped, uh, basically, and if you didn't already know, uh, the landing gear is what allows the airplane to safely, <laughs> keyword safely, contact the ground. <laughs> Without being torn to shreds. <laughs> Without being torn to shreds or broken in half or, or what have you. But yeah, the landing gear facilitates that safe contact with the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, either for you know from takeoff to flight or from the reverse of that from flight to the landing. Uh, lots of different types of landing gear out there. I mean, if you uh, just do a quick landing gear search in Google, oh my gosh, page after page after page, and they all kind of look different. But um, they can kind of be uh, sorted into a few different types, which is what we're going to talk about. We've got uh, basically uh, conventional gear, which is uh, uh, the – it's not so conventional anymore. Uh, but conventional gear actually refers to tail draggers. Uh, so you've got a set of main gear and then you've got the tail back there with a tail wheel or a skid or whatever just kind of dragging the ground. That's why they're called tail draggers. Mm-hmm. Um, that used to be the conventional gear went way, way back in aviation when uh, airplanes were first being produced. Uh, they were all you know, tail draggers. It's easier to manufacture. Yes. Lighter yeah. too because you don't have a nose wheel and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah. Uh, that's actually called conventional gear. So a tail dragger is synonymous with conventional gear. Uh, so then you also have a uh, tricycle uh, type landing gear, which is the what is kind of the convention now, uh, which is basically a set of mains with a nose wheel. Which I guess technically they're both tricycles if you think about it. That's true. I mean, I, I that, yeah, because yeah, if you have a tail wheel, then you yeah. still have three wheels. That's true. That's absolutely true. I feel lied to my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, really, I guess. I don't I don't understand that. Why, yeah. I, why they, it's they, called that. They but. could both be called tricycle, but tricycle is the is the general naming convention for an aircraft that has a, a nose gear of some kind. Tricycle landing gear actually did, hasn't always been part of RC. Um, even though RC uh, doesn't go as far back as aviation does, full-size aviation, it goes back quite a ways. I mean, since there's been full-size airplanes, there's been people making small airplanes uh, to model after them. Uh, but uh, tricycle landing gear in the RC really didn't kind of come on until like the early, late 60s, early 70s. Um, and it kind of came on then because of the advent of uh, multi-channel RC. Because, uh, you know, you, you have a nose wheel, you have to control it with a channel rudder, usually. Um, so, 
back in the early days of RC, we didn't have all these extra channels to work with. So, um, I mean, I'm talking like escapement and these other types of RCs where you basically had one one channel that you could control, um, and that channel was usually a little bit more important than a nose gear. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, in the in the late '60s, early '70s, when the multi-channel RC kind of came on the market, um, it was cool to have a tricycle, you know, landing gear back then. So uh, for a long time, you know, from the 70s through the 70s and 80s, a lot of new airplanes at the time, RC airplanes, were designed as tricycle landing gear because that was cool. You were cool if you had a <laughs> tricycle landing gear. Because you could do it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then nowadays it, it doesn't seem to be, you know, the six and one, half a dozen, the other uh Seems to be a lot of interest in classic airplanes these days, uh, and most of those are going to be tail draggers. So, and yeah. I think tail draggers are cool anyway. We're building the tail dragger. Yes, we are. A big one. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> what um, do you What do you prefer though? Do you prefer like the flight characteristics and, and taking off and and you know? Do you prefer a tail dragger or do you prefer the tricycle? Honestly, I I prefer tail draggers. Uh, it adds another dimension. I mean, it's another. Um, thing you have to be aware of for takeoff and, and landing and things like that. So it adds a little bit more of a challenge maybe. And me personally, I, I just like the clean look of a tail dragger. You know, you don't have that nose gear sticking out of the nose, out, of, out there into the airstream. Um, tail draggers, they just look a little sleeker to me, especially when you add wheel pants and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I prefer, I prefer tail draggers. How about you? I think I would kind of agree. It depends on the airplane, but... Yeah. I think I've kind of proven that I like tail or tail draggers <laughs> a little bit more because I converted the duelist to tail draggers. You so. did successfully. Yeah, um, flew well. So, but yeah, um, so that's uh, and then another type of gear is retractable landing gear, which is a whole other animal <laughs> that uh, that we'll address uh, maybe in the next episode. Yeah, actually, next episode will be setting up landing gear. There you go. So. Um, and with retractable gear, I'll just mention that there's different types of retractable gear. There's uh, pneumatic, which is air operated. Uh, there's mechanical uh, retracts that are operated with a servo. Uh, and then there's electric ones also that uh, basically are just like the name implies. They're powered by electricity. Which is kind of like a servo retract. It's the same thing. It's just built in. You know, the yeah. servo is built into the gear. The biggest difference is that it just plugs into a receiver and you're done. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a lot easier. There's, there's not a whole lot of setup to those, which is nice. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> talk about we'll talk about that in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, so there's the three different types. You you know, you can have so you've you've got the gear, and then you've got you, wheels. You can have skids, floats, skis. I mean, the the types different types of landing gear. Are, like I said, you do a Google search, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. There's lots of different ways to. Um, make your airplane safely contact the ground. Now, when it comes – I've never flown off of a, a lake or anything before on skis. Mm-hmm. Is it different than flying a regular airplane off of a runway? Well, yeah. Um, let's say skis off of a like frozen surface or snow or, or wet grass. Sometimes you can fly with skis off of wet grass. Um, it, it The skis add a lot of drag. 
Uh, and if they're not set up correctly, um, if you know if they kind of point down when you take off out into the airstream, they add a lot of drag, and it usually requires a lot of trim and things like that. But as far as as far as taking off and landing, it's kind of the same, um, just a little more drag. Now floats, on the other hand, it's a completely <laughs> different animal. I was gonna say. So since you answered that question, I realize I said the wrong thing, <laughs> and I, I meant to say floats. I have flown yeah. with skis before. Oh, okay. Um, but never with floats. So yeah. let's try this again. Floats. <laughs> <laughs> I've never flown with floats before off of a lake. Yeah. Um, is it different? It is. And yeah. how so? Uh, generally speaking, your your takeoff run uh, ends up being a lot longer. Uh, you need um, – it, it takes a little bit more power to move those uh, floats through the water. Uh, even though they have um, um, tricks designed into them to, to help break the surface tension of the water so that they get on plane, uh, which is the float actually riding on top of the water as opposed to in the water. Um, but which gen- we actually talked about that before. I was asking about these the floats that you have sitting in front of me, mm-hmm. and it's got that little cutout thing. If you're yep. on YouTube, you can see. It's called a step. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I asked what that was for, and that's what you told me. So. Yep. Yeah, it's designed. Yeah, designed to break the surface tension to get the get the thing up on top of the water where there's less friction, uh, less float actually touching the water. So it gives you the you know least amount of friction. Um, but yeah, with flying with floats, you know, you've got a lot of uh, cross section area out there, so it requires a little bit more power maybe than uh, than flying the same airplane with landing gear. Um, you know, if you're accustomed to flying around your your cub at half throttle, you may have to adjust that, you know, <laughs> to three-quarter throttle or so at the same speed with floats because they do add a lot of drag. Um, but the takeoff is is uh, usually pretty much a non-event. Um, they go usually – they're actually quite um, difficult to steer, actually, uh, once they're up on step. I mean, this one has um, – rudders actually built into the back of each uh, float. Off the screen here, but yeah. Yeah, to uh, to facilitate movement. And that those work okay. They're pretty – they have a lot of authority at slow speeds. But once these things get up on step, uh, there's a lot of pressure on those things. So it takes a lot of servo to move those things in the water at those kind of speeds. So it's actually – they actually want to go in a straight line, which is great for, for takeoffs and landings because you don't – you know, you don't want to veer left or right on your takeoff. So – um, so that actually kind of, in a sense, makes it easier to fly off of water with uh, with the floats because they do just want to go straight ahead. That and the runway is a lot bigger. Well, depending on the size of your lake or pond. <laughs> I guess that's true. But <laughs> usually it's going to be a lot wider than a yeah. normal runway that you'll take off at, like at a field or something. Right. So. The, the, the things I've, I've found, though, when I've flown uh, with floats is that usually you're going to be flying off of a lake or a pond or something like that, uh, which are usually surrounded by trees. So sometimes, you know, even though you have this nice long runway, you may you may have trees at either end of it uh, <laughs> that could potentially impact your your approach angle and your and your takeoff and all that. So um, trade offs, I guess. But flying off of water is a lot of fun. I bet it would be. Yeah. And how I about like. landing? What's that like? Uh, the landing you you pretty much set up exactly like you would with gear. Uh, you do maybe maybe you don't have to flare as much because the floats will absorb a lot of that impact. Um, but yeah, they, uh, the the approach and, and the technique is pretty much the same. And then do you slow down quite a bit faster then? Yeah, it, you... it slows down very fast. Does it? <laughs> yeah. kind of wondered about that because yeah. as you get down into the water, it's, it's, it's like kind a break of, of its own. Yeah, it's kind of like um, – I kind of liken it to, to flying out of heavy grass. 
Um, except with you don't you don't have the nose overs as much because you have a lot of float ahead of the CG. So, um, it's, so not it's as like much, the drag of, of heavy grass. Yeah, not as much elevator like up elevator as soon as you get down yep. on the ground. Yep, exactly. Hmm. Well, it does so, seem like it'd be easier. It is, and it's a lot of fun. Like I said, usually. Usually if you're flying off the water, then you're hopefully doing other things around the water too, like maybe swimming and stuff like that. So it makes for a good time. Now, the ones that are in front of me are pretty big. What size airplane would that go on? So those are off of my old uh, Goldberg uh, anniversary edition, I think it was called Cub. And I think that measures 74 inches, I think, on the wing. Oh, that's a lot smaller than I would have expected for something this size. Yeah. I mean, these are I think, huge. Yeah, I think these floats will probably accommodate up to probably 80 inches or so probably. But yeah. anything heavier than that, it, there's going to be so much float in the water, you'll have a hard time getting them up on step. Interesting. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yep. All right. What else you got? Uh, so, um, yeah. So that pretty much covers the most of the types of landing gear that you'll find on uh, on our RC planes. Uh, they can be made of lots of different materials. Um, I mean, wire, you know, you see a lot of wire landing gear here on the table. Um, that's because it's uh, fairly inexpensive and fairly easy to make. Um, you can bend a, a piece of, uh, you know, uh, piano music wire. wire, piano wire, thank you. Um, lots of different shapes to to make, you know, different types of landing gear. Uh, so that's probably the most versatile. Um, and it's uh, usually held in place to the fuselage or the wing. Um, there's usually a slot or a key keyway maybe uh, built into your fuselage to allow the wire to sort of sit into that and then it's held in place with straps usually. So it's a pretty simple arrangement, pretty easy to uh, fabricate if you're building from scratch, uh, pretty easy to make uh, wire landing gear and make that work for you. The nice thing too, if it, you know, if, if it actually goes into the the bottom of the uh, fuselage, that really like, you know, how it kind of goes up and has the hole that it goes up into, mm -hmm. that really makes it hard to bend when you land or hard to uh, to rip your landing gear out. Oh, That's yeah. one of the things I've noticed. If you land harder with that kind of gear... Yeah, it's, it's very forgiving. It's very forgiving. Yeah. Um, whereas a, a regular, like, bent aluminum-type gear, mm -hmm. that'll tear out a little easier. Yeah, it can be... Yeah, Not that I've ever done that. <laughs> I have. I've torn out landing I have gear too. before. And, yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever torn out a landing gear block using wire gear. So mm -mm. Uh, usually they're pretty... They're built pretty stout. Um, if you're building a kit that had uh, wire gear... Um, you'll usually notice that there's a, a hardwood block formed with a channel in it that gets glued onto the inside of the, like you said, that the wire will then key into once it goes into the fuselage. It's very, very, very strong. Um, and then, yeah, there is some flexibility in the wire, so it does absorb a lot of impact uh, for, you know, for those rougher, for those less than perfect landings. We'll just call it that. Um, the ones that aren't greased in so well. Exactly. Um so yeah, that uh, wire you can uh, like this big one here, like you off your yak. You, it can be made out of aluminum, uh, which uh, in the case of your yak is one piece, just one big giant piece, giant piece of aluminum uh, that's bent in the shape of a landing gear. Was that like five sixteenths of an inch thick? Uh, it's yeah, it's it's that much or more. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty thick. Well, it's got to hold up to a lot of weight. It does. Um, but I mean, it's it's relatively simple. I mean, it's just a flat piece of uh, aluminum uh, plate that has been trimmed and then bent to to shape. Mm -hmm. um, so if it, I mean, it works on big airplanes. It works on little airplanes. You've kind of got some small aluminum gear up here at the front of the table. Uh, pretty easy to make. Fairly inexpensive. Uh, you can buy them preformed. Uh, you can also form your own if you're handy. Um, you can uh, and it can be uh, bent with. Uh, 
relatively simple tools, just like wire. You know, you can bend wire with pretty simple tools too, or you can buy tools made for the for the purpose. Um, but usually, a vise and a pair of pliers, and and you've got handy bending tools for uh, your aircraft landing gear. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, aluminum gear can be one piece or it can be two piece or multi piece, um, like this uh, old pair off to the side here. You probably can't see it in the in the screen, but um, two piece landing gear, uh, basically two legs that bolt to the bottom of the airplane. That's a common uh, a common setup for a lot of RFs are are built that way. Um, so yeah, aluminum. Uh, that's that's another type of material you can uh, you can use fiberglass. I've seen fiberglass landing gear. Uh, Dubro used to make one piece. Uh, they look very similar to the to the shape of your aluminum gear here, um, but just made out of fiberglass. Uh, so it's a little bit lighter than aluminum. Uh, a little bit more flexible than aluminum. Yeah, I would say. I would think it would give a little bit more. Yeah, still capable of tearing out your uh, gear blocks though. <laughs> Because yeah. it's not wire. It's not embedded in that nice hardwood block inside the fuselage or the wing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, fiberglass, you can – there's plastic gear out there in the case of a lot of uh, small foamies and uh, EDF – or not EDF, but uh, small balls of wood airplanes. Sometimes they'll have plastic uh, gear that uh, is fine for the task. Um, I've seen landing gear made out of wood, uh, actual, like, struts made out of wood. Oh, but, yeah, I guess I have too. But, uh, but yeah, mostly, you know, when you think of landing gear, you don't think of floats. But, yeah, these floats here, they're made out of wood, so – uh, that's another type of uh, material you could use. And oh, then, these are wood. Yeah. Oh no, I just assumed they were fiberglass. Nope, they're wood. Huh. Yeah. Built, Interesting. Built them myself many. Oh, you did many years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So those are what, actually, is it just balsa then? Uh, balsa and light ply. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's if you look cool. across the top, I didn't take a lot of care in sanding. You can see the wood grain. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, and then you know the most uh, the coolest uh, material you can use to to get your gear is carbon fiber. Which is also the most expensive. Yeah, there's no doing that on your own. I mean, carbon fiber. No, there's is... some. There's some folks that that uh, can do that. It's certainly out outside my skill set to to lay up my own carbon fiber gear. Well, I guess what I'm saying is you can't buy like a strip of carbon fiber. Oh, right. And bend it and bend into it, your no. own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can laminate it if you know what you're doing and right, all that. But right. that's a lot of work. Yeah. But it, it's uh, it, in its use, it's it's done kind of very similar to how uh, an aluminum plate uh, landing gear would be done. It simply bolts to the airframe. Um, uh, the carbon fiber is very light, uh, but it's also very rigid. It doesn't flex much, and if it does flex much, it usually delaminates, which then renders renders the the gear useless. So be that careful, be you know, bad. cheap cheap carbon gear mm, <laughs> might want to <laughs> might want to stay away from that. Depends on what you're putting it on, right? Yeah. If it's important and, uh, to you, don't do it. Right. And I and I <laughs> got to say, uh, I've probably seen more landing gear blocks torn out of fuselages with carbon gear than I have with any other type. Probably because it doesn't give. You know, the carbon gear is very, very stiff and doesn't flex at all. So probably why I've seen I've seen I've, well. Let me put it this way: I've repaired more <laughs> <laughs> landing gear block failures. Uh, with carbon gear than I have any other. So that makes sense. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Something's got to break. And if it's not going to be the gear, it's going to be what the gear attaches to. Exactly. Yep. So basically, the landing gear uh, components, uh, they're, they're pretty simple. I mean, you've got the, you've got a, basically the landing gear strut, uh, or like in the case of your aluminum gear here, the aluminum piece would be considered the strut. Um, and then there's an axle. So the strut is what connects the airplane to the wheel? Well, the strut is what connects your whole landing gear system to the airplane, to the airframe. 
So like if you think of oh, the, if you yeah, think okay. of the strut, it has the wheels and the axles and all that stuff mounted to it, and then that all gets mounted to the airframe, and that piece that mounts it to the airframe is technically a strut. So, okay. Um, but yeah, you've got your strut, and then you've got your axle, uh, and then you've got your wheel or ski or whatever you have out, you know, hanging off of your axle, and then uh, fittings for attaching wheel pants if you have them, or any uh, necessary fairings if your if your airplane is so equipped. And that is basically a landing gear system in a in a simplified, in a simplified <laughs> in a yeah explanation. Um, but yeah, the axles um, you know usually are bolted to the to the strut, or if you're using wire gear, the axle is usually formed as part of the strut. And then your axle, I'm sorry, your wheel slips onto your axle and is held in place either by a wheel collar or some other cool device used for keeping your wheel on the axle. Hmm. And that's yeah, pretty which much it. Could yeah. be about anything, really. I've seen rubber bands even. Oh, really? Yeah. On small ones. I mean, just you can. A rubber band that's yeah. held on with it. Yeah, anything that'll keep the Washers, wheel on the axle. Yeah, washer, solder to the end. Yeah, all rings. I've seen that before. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, that pretty much covers the landing gear system and componentry that is part of that system. Okay. I touched on uh, retractable landing gear and, you know, kind of mentioned the types. I'll just go over that real quickly since we'll do a little bit deeper dive on the next episode on the on setting it up. Uh, but basically, there's three basic types of retractable landing gear. Um, and there is a mechanical, uh, which basically is operated uh, by a servo with push rods, just like a control surface. Um, and then you have pneumatic, which is actually um, air operated from an onboard pressurized tank on the airframe. And then you have electric, which are uh, operated by an electric motor that is internal to the retract unit um, that drives the gear mechanism. Uh, that's, those are, that's usually a worm gear, right? Like that I kind think of so, setup. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, technically it's not really exactly like a servo. Um, yeah. The motor works right. a little bit differently, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so when, like, when did each one come out? Do you remember? Like oh, what was that when you started? And Well, so... <laughs> <laughs> when I got started in RC, um, mechanical and pneumatic were already were already well established. So okay. uh, I witnessed, if you will, the evolution of electric, which which actually goes back quite a ways. Uh, honestly, um, I believe, and I and don't quote me on this, but I think Kraft um, Electronics had a set of electric uh, retracts back in the late seventies, uh, which is. Uh, which is quite remarkable considering yeah, how, how those, yeah, there was like a really long void where there were no electric retracts. And now, you know, with the advent of uh, fairly inexpensive electronics from overseas, they've, they've come back and, um, well, and everything's been miniaturized too. smaller motors, smaller, yeah. more powerful yeah, motors, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess, I guess we're kind of, we're kind of calling, uh, maybe the electric retracts nowadays is like going through a second renaissance or maybe a second <laughs> coming or whatever. But uh, yeah, they're different. Like uh, like you said, the the electric retracts today are are usually a worm gear driven by an electric motor. Uh, the electric retracts of old were basically a servo embedded into the gear unit that operated a camshaft just like a push rod would operate. So okay. it's kind of like a mechanical retract taking the servo and decentralizing it and putting the servo actually in the retract. But yeah, they were they were electric considered electric retracts even though technically they were more like a mechanical. Yeah, but they were ran by electricity as opposed to pneumatics, so that's probably why. Right. Yeah. They were called that. So so what 
Now, you chose to use pneumatic. I did. On your on the duelist. duelist. Mm-hmm. Why did you go with that as opposed to the simpler electric? So, for me, it was a, um, a nostalgia. It, it was uh, because my original duelist, if you remember the premise of the duelist project, it was to kind of uh, build another duelish duelist out of the ashes <laughs> of the old one that I crashed way back in the 90s. Yeah. And I still had, you know, the the one surviving uh, retract unit from that duelist. So, and it was pneumatic. So that's, that's That was why. the reason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but generally speaking, I don't shy away from uh, uh, projects that might be solved in easier fashion in some other way. Uh, so... I'm not, a, you know, I'll, I'll use mechanical retracts even if if uh, if the opportunity presents itself. But yeah, the reason I chose it for the duels was really more out of nostalgia than anything. It seems overly complicated. I mean, I, I'll, I I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Like for what what you're doing with it, to, it just seems overly complicated for something that size. Now I understand if I'm correct. Like when you get to some of these bigger airplanes, mm-hmm. pneumatics is really the only way to go. Yes, no. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, you you can you can swing a heavier gear with air than you can right now anyway with electric motors. Well, I'm sure that's going to change uh, eventually. Yeah. Um, like it's already starting to go that direction. Like I can see a lot of uh, big retract units out there for larger like scale warbirds and things like that uh, that are electric. They're crazy expensive, but they're out there. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, air can it, – it's a big muscle. You know, you can move a lot of weight with an with an air operated cylinder, uh, and for a while, you know, the, you'll probably see see that uh, being the norm uh, until you know until the electric motors get to the point where they can uh, miniaturize them to the point where they can still produce the power they need and and you know not consume the power they need to, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Whereas no, a pneumatic it, system is just air. You just pump it up with a with a pump, either by hand or an electric pump or whatever. And it's a completely separate system. So you're not pulling more power through it. You're not pulling amps yeah. that you might need somewhere else or exactly. you might overload your board with. So yeah. I, I can see that yeah. for a bigger airplane. Yeah. Although some electric uh, setups are using uh, dedicated batteries now for them too. Oh. Um, I've seen a couple of those setups online. I haven't built one myself, but, uh, yeah, I've seen a couple of the uh, larger setups that actually have a a dedicated power source just for the retracts. So not, not so different than a, than an air setup really, you know, cause an air tank is a separate power source for the, for the gear. So, um, but yeah, I, I can understand, you know, you, the, the pneumatic system, it, it can be complicated, uh, especially on smaller airplanes, uh, where an electric gear would certainly, uh, Make the make the installation so much easier and simpler. You know, you're only running wires. You're not running airlines and valves and all this other <laughs> kind of stuff. Fill yeah. valves and tanks. And but for me, it, it was you know it was a it was a nostalgia. Uh, and you know, I kind of like the challenge of setting up uh, you know an, an unconventional uh, gear setup, which that one certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> True. So let's move on to wheels okay. and tires. Um, what are the different kinds of wheels you can get? Oh, jeez. Right? Mean, I mean, a ton of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Foam, wood, rubber, plastic, you name it. It's probably been made into a wheel at some point for an Cardboard. Airplane. Cardboard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So, I mean. Well, that was easy. Yeah. I mean, you can make your <laughs> wheels out of anything. There's lots of, uh, lots of, you know, ready to purchase wheels out there on the market that, uh, that suit a wide, wide variety of, uh, applications. But, you know, if money's tight, hey, you know, grab your, uh, grab your Dremel and carve up a piece of balsa. You can make some nice wheels out of balsa. Oh, yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. Never thought about that. You can spend a lot of money on wheels, too. Oh, you can. Have you noticed some of these, like, uh, aluminum hubbed wheels with true inflated rubber tires for some of these, like, uh, um, turbine, um, the big turbine models that are out there with brakes, even? Yeah. Incredibly expensive. <laughs> Not only that, but the, the bicycle-looking type wheels for oh, some of these older airplanes. Those are cool, though. They're very awesome, but, man, they are pricey. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uncomfortably high <laughs> yeah. prices for a tiny, tiny Pucker wheel. factor is high when you click the buy now button. Yeah, it's like, oh, did I just make a mistake? <laughs> yeah, but they look so nice, especially like on the Eindecker. Yeah. That you're going to build someday. Yeah, one of these days. Or the Elder, rather. It's well, an Elder, right? It's an Elder 40 plan, but yeah, things have yeah. moved around a little bit. I don't know exactly what's going on. Which is yet. why we're going to, you know, take a little bit of a vacation so we can get to some of those projects. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those I do. I like those wire wire wheels. Those look really, really good. I should get a set of those for my camel whenever that time comes that I finish it. I don't think we have to worry about that anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> you nice. got a tri-motor to build first. Uh, that's true. Okay. Let's see, what kind of wheels are on that? Definitely Just not. basic wheels. Good. Perfect. Yeah, but big. <laughs> they are. Big. Like five or six inches. Yes. Actually, we need to measure that because I don't know how big they're going to be they're now. They're going to be humongous. And something else. That's fun to do with wheels is wheel pants. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I like wheel pants. I like I care. love the look of them. Yeah, I do too. Do they actually serve a purpose? Actually, like I they know do. for, for full size airplanes they would. Absolutely. But Absolutely. for RC, do they? I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, other than other than to dress up, you know, your landing gear, I mean No. But they look so good. They do. They really do. They really do. Like, I prefer wheel pants on all about anything I can think of. Yeah. Except for Cubs. I love yeah, huge. Those, well, yeah. I mean, I know they don't have them, but except for Cubs, I love just seeing a huge, huge wheel. Like, the bigger the better. Yeah. I think I had five-inch wheels on my 80-inch Cub. That's crazy. That's awesome. I, I mean, mean on, your, on your Tundra plane, I guess. And that's what I, that's I, what I like I about the it, Cub. It looks cool like that. They're just ugly. They they make your airplane look like so. a toy. It's, they're like so out of proportion when you get them that big. A cool toy. Yeah, a cool toy that's ugly. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> Certain planes lend themselves well to that type of wheel. Yes, and the Cub is one of them. But most do not. I'm just going to leave it at that. I would agree with that. Okay, good. Like I wouldn't put six-inch wheels on the Duelist. Well, that would just look silly. I And I agree. And how would you retract those into the wing? Well, I don't have retractable gear now, do I? Exactly. I don't know. And you so, just put a bigger hole in the wing, by the way. Put a bigger hole in the wing? <laughs> it would have to go through the wing, probably, because they're wider, too. I'm not sure the, oh, yeah. the wing would be thick enough to accommodate such a wheel. So the wheel would go out on top of the wing. <laughs> anyway. That would be really <laughs> ugly, then. That would be, actually, that oh, might be kind of oh, neat. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> I know what's next. So yeah, I will uh, wheel pants. Get back to wheel pants. Um, I will go through the trouble of mounting them just because I really, really like how they look. They to me they finish. You know what I mean? They finish an area, especially a tail dragger. Yeah, they just give it that nice finished um, look. You know what I mean? 
They almost, I mean, like I know certain certain tricycle gear uh, airplanes have them, but they mm-hmm. almost look comedic. Yeah, they don't. They almost look comical on they, a, yeah, on a they, tricycle gear. Yeah, they don't look right. <laughs> I mean. I agree. Yeah. So, but they are, they can be, sometimes they can be a challenge to mount. And, but, you know. And we'll leave it at that. As <laughs> you, you had a little bit of a challenge mounting yours on the Duelist. I did, and then I was. It was kind of unfortunate because the only way I could figure out how to do it um, was to actually steal axles off of another airplane that I had sitting back uh, in storage. Let's just say that way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. I stole. I stole the axles off of that. There was a weird. He's talking about an airplane that came out of the. Uh, Waterlogged airplane no. transportation device. No, no, I'm not. Oh, I thought. This no, this is that black biplane. Oh yeah, it is in storage. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, there we go. Uh huh. <laughs> Gosh, he will take any Another any chance whatsoever. We'd like to get to any chance whatsoever <laughs> to make fun of me for a, a leaky trailer, even when it's not true. <laughs> anyway, so I stole the the wheel axles off of that. It was a weird two piece type axle. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it worked great. And I asked Tom where to get them. He's like, oh, I've never seen that before. I don't know where you can get them. So, I mean, that's how you talk, by the way, too. Yeah. So Perfect. Perfect impression. I have no clue. Like, I'm going to have to reach out to somebody else and try and figure out what they are. Because yeah. those were so much easier to use. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, post a picture of them. I mean, I've seen axles like that before in, like, some ARFs. Um, but, like, as far as seeing something like that for sale, like, from Dubro or something like that at a hobby shop, I've never... I've never actually seen an axle like that for sale. It's weird because, well, I mean, it's just a threaded axle that, you know, that has... It's it's almost like a wheel collet. Like it's just a big wheel collet that's threaded. Exactly, yeah. And then your axle goes through it. Kind of a neat idea. It is. You use the set screws to hold it in place. The only thing I don't like about it is how much axle actually protrudes on the inside of the gear. That's the only thing I don't like about that. Oh, you can cut that down. I just didn't have a chance to. Ah, okay. Because it really doesn't need to be any farther than like... A uh, the the jam nut that's on there. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. Well, a little bit farther. Well, then than it wouldn't that, look actually. any different than these. Well, it would stick out a little bit more because you have to have the oh, uh, the collar, the collar okay. or the collar on there. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, it doesn't have to be much farther. I just didn't trim the other ones because I ran out of time, and then I forgot about it. So. Well, it flies fine. Yeah. It's, so it flies great. Ninety-four mile an hour was it? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, Slower uh, than mine, yours. Mine I know. Was faster. That's all I remember for now. Uh, For now, yeah. anything else you want to talk about? But with uh, gear, but yeah. Anyway, uh, wheel pants take the take the time to mount them because they 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 really set your airplane off and make it give it that finished look. But yeah, that's really kind of all I wanted to talk about. But Just be careful, more with, of a with the wheel pants because they also break easier. They can if you yeah. don't have them mounted right, and if you don't have them mounted right either, by the way, they will spin around <laughs> yes. and make it a lot harder to land. I actually, actually have not done that. No, you haven't. But I have seen people yes, that have. and it's comical. It's, <laughs> it is comical. I mean, we've seen it a few times at our at our field. You know, somebody will fly by in the wheel pant just doing the old <laughs> spin-a-roo there on the landing gear, which is kind of <laughs> kind of amusing. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't anyway. want that to ever happen to me. No. Okay. Yep. So that's as deep as I really wanted to get into landing gear, just more of a familiarization kind of. And then uh, the next episode, we'll, I'm going to talk about uh, setting up your retractable landing gear and some other tips I'll share. All right. Well, then tune in next week. And please. that's it. And hey, you know, I'll hit you guys up again. Uh, please fill out the survey if you haven't already. 
Um, like I said, help us help you. Uh, we're running out of ideas here. So if you <laughs> want to hear us talk about stuff, uh, we get those ideas straight from you guys in those uh, surveys. So please fill take, them out. Take the two, five minutes, whatever it is. Yes, the two, five minutes. The or two you could to take five minutes. minutes to oh, fill I them gotcha. Out. <laughs> um, and uh, that would help us out, which helps you guys. All right. Thank you, everybody. Until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. See you later. Good night. Thank you.